Join Greenbook at the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange Conference Series. IIEX is your global hub for connections, inspiration, and innovative solutions in market research. Visit greenbook.org events to learn more about events in Asia, the Americas, and Europe. Use the code podcast for 20% off general admission on all upcoming events. Before we kick things off, I want to take a second to thank our episode sponsor. If you're looking for in-depth feedback from Gen Z millennials at scale, check out Perksy. They offer quant and qual research options and 80% response rates thanks to their super engaging mobile survey app. On top of that, they have an in-house experienced research team to fully support your business. What's better than that? Schedule a demo at www.getperksy.com. That's get P-E-R-K-S-Y.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Green Book Podcast. I am Lenny Murphy, your host. And today I am joined by Talia Parnas, the Senior Lead Trends and Campaign Management at Pinterest. Welcome, Talia. Thanks so much, Lenny. It's great to be here. It's good to have you. So uh, as we were chatting beforehand, I have dabbled with Pinterest over the years. Actually, at one point, even within Greenbook, we were using it to put images and video from our events early on and thought it would be a great platform to, to do that. But I've not been a heavy user, although my wife loves it for gardening and my 12-year-old daughter loves it for creating content with characters and things like that. So I have some familiarity, but I was not aware of a lot of the things that you guys are doing. So that's my long-winded introduction to say, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and about Pinterest from your perspective, and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Yeah, so let me start with Pinterest. So as a, as a company, we've been around since 2010. We've gone through some evolutions as a brand through that time in terms of what we're known for, what we're trying to be known for. Our mission is really to bring everyone the inspiration to create a life they love. And that can very deliberately look quite different, right? Whether you're a fisherman in Alaska looking up knot techniques for your nets or a budding furniture connoisseur, you know, looking for the right language to, to describe your taste. I'll say as well that we often get grouped into social media, which I know is a very complicated space right now. We actually like to say that Pinterest isn't social media. It's, it's more of a personal media. You know, think about all the secret boards that exist out there. These are people planning things for themselves, right? Like people who have had their own secret wedding board, you know, since the age of 10, that sort of thing. So they're planning for themselves. They're not putting themselves on broadcast for the world to see or or comment on. And then the last thing that I'll say, just in terms of like what I think is so special about us as as a company is that being on Pinterest isn't just about consumption. There's a really active component to the platform too, in terms of using it to take you from inspiration to action. And I think what's what's really cool as well is that we're investing in things on our platform, like the shopping experience to connect pinners. So pinners are what we call our users with a, a brand's product catalog that ultimately will map back to your interests, right? So there's some, some great connective tissue there. 
That's really cool. And, you know, right before this, actually, my wife and I were just talking about content because I'm a geek and that's how I think of it. And we're talking about podcasts because I said, oh, I got to go do a podcast. But, and I said, you know, this is really the golden age of creator-owned content. And I would say that you would be a piece of that rather than social media, right? That it's a content creation portal in one form of it, whether it's personal, private, or sharing uh, with the world for, for interest no different than a podcast or a blog or a weblog or or any of those things. Was that pretty good characterization, how you think about it, where you fit in the world of, of online media? Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, within the Pinterest ecosphere, there's so many different formats to sort of convey that content, right? We have we have video, we have our, our new format, idea pins, right? Which is more of like a story sequence format. Of course, our, our OG, like the, the pin unit itself. So yeah, I think there's so many different ways to bundle it, but ultimately, yeah, I think what you mentioned is spot on. Okay. Well, so let's talk about that now from an insight standpoint. Actually, you know, before we get into that, there was a, an interesting point that we shared in the notes that your stock has trended down lately and user engagement is trending down slightly, but revenue is up significantly. And I think that that's probably a segue into the insights piece of things. So what what's your take on what's driving that difference in dichotomies? I would say that the essence is your users, although they may be becoming smaller, are more valuable, and that's being reflected in the in your revenue being up. Is that accurate? Yes. So I, I okay. I'll have to say I can't comment on our financials, but at a very high level, I I think some of what you're getting at here goes back to our mantra of stop interrupting, start inspiring really proving the point that contextual advertising on Pinterest works and that, you know, mapping content to where it's where it's truly demanded really drives results. So as an advertiser, wouldn't you rather your sofa collection show up in a feed of someone who's already on the hunt for a sofa, right? Versus interrupting photos of someone's nephews. So it's it's a much smaller gap to close when you're reaching someone already in that receptive mindset. And by the way, yes, leaning into our trends and our insights is a great way for advertisers to ensure the content that they're producing is relevant and and meets that demand that I mentioned that we truly see from our users. And then I'll say the other big thing is really the, the positive Pinterest environment. We have especially high standards for brand safety because ultimately we believe that you can't feel inspired if you don't first feel safe, right? And so we have research that actually shows that positive online environments have a halo effect on the brands that show up there, you know, in terms of awareness and and sentiment to trust and purchase. So in other words, it really pays to be positive. You know, some research that we feel that actually confirms that the majority of respondents agree if a brand shows up next to negative content, they assume that in fact, that brand has endorsed it, which can be quite damaging. And of course, as a result, the perception of that brand then then decreases, right? But if you're showing up in this safe, positive space, it's actually the point that we're trying to make is that it's no longer just a a moralistic argument. Your brand just can't afford to show up in a negative environment because it can actually impact the business's bottom line. So I think that's the other like really valuable piece about the platform too. So when you match our user base that shows up with such high intent, and you match that with the environment that they're in, there's something really special that that happens that's truly valuable in terms of you know what that dynamic looks like. Yeah, 
it makes perfect sense. So, you know, the concept of contextual advertising based upon real stated preferences and interests makes so much more sense than, you know, the programmatic advertising that is really, let, let's call it spade a spade. It's the billboards of the digital era. You know, it's a crapshoot. So you never know what you're going to get. So if you're, you're lucky, like, oh, it's a, he's a 40 year, something year old male. Okay, let's you know, do this. Or we think that it's a 47 year old male. When the reality is that most of the time the advertising is incredibly irrelevant one way or the other. So, well, let's talk about the predicts then, right? So actually let's step back. Sorry, I'm a little, there's all types of stuff going through my head. I try and be a little more structured than this, but it's, it's your spurring lots of thoughts. So first, do your users understand that you're utilizing that data to help deliver a better experience for them and to create an ecosystem that, that really is, is supportive. Say, hey, look, you're sharing your interests with us. We're, we have to make money. That's how we give you the platform. And to do that, we're going to help deliver more targeted experiences or advertising for you out of that. So is that, do they get it? Is that all okay? Yeah. I mean, I think that's spot on. You know, we're, we're using the data for good, ultimately, right? It's this situation that like everyone wins. Ultimately, our users are getting higher quality, more relevant content. Like it's, you know, everyone's sort of meeting in the middle. Of course, advertisers see see a gain in that. And creators as well, right? Like they learn about where the opportunities are to focus their efforts to ensure that, that they're not kind of like overloading a certain category when there is in fact such an opportunity elsewhere for them to be focusing their efforts. Okay. All right. So everybody's cool with the data usage? Like, yep. All right. As long as it's all a win-win. So use the data. But you're doing that more than just contextual advertising. So the Pinterest Predicts seems to have a pretty damn good track record of being a early indicator of future trends. So talk about that. How did you figure that out? What are some of the things you're excited about that you've been able to do? And what do you think you're going to do in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe, Lenny, should I take a minute and just share a bit of like what Pinterest Predicts is for yes. our listeners who... Yes. Yeah. My triple barrel question was not a good one. So yes, please go ahead. Absolutely. So yeah, for, for those of you out there who may not be totally aware, Pinterest Predicts is our annual global trend report that launches every year in December. And unlike other year-end recap trend reports, we really lean into the future-oriented search behavior on our platform to deliver global predictions for the year ahead. So we actually like to call it a not-yet trending report or a soon-to-be-trending report. And so for, for this year, so for 2022 in particular, the report has been made up of 175 trending search terms that are actually grouped into 35 what we call cross-category themes. So not necessarily verticals, but, but close. And these are themes or trends that are all predicted to, to take off in the year ahead. And I should caveat that it's, it's really so much more than just a report. I know a lot of companies put out, you know, a PDF basically um, with their recordings. We like to call it much more of a program. We have specific on-ramps for a consumer audience as well. So we did a really fun activation this year on Pinterest itself that connects as a user, your interest from the previous year to our predicted trends for the year ahead. So there's a nice bridge there in terms of like planning your future on Pinterest. And then to, to round out the experience as well, we have a creator component. So we developed a roster of 35 global trendsetters and tastemakers this year that are each actually mapped to a respective trend on, on Pinterest predicts. So such a great sort of 
both inspiring way to, to get more creators involved in the program, but also an opportunity for those creators to really guide our audience in terms of like how to, to take that inspiration to realization. We actually have an opportunity as well for brands this year to partner with some of those creators to take their ideas and bring them to life. And then I'll, I'll also say that, you know, within the Pinterest trends ecosphere, it's not only kind of a one and done thing for us uh, that, that comes out once a year. What we've really tried to invest in over the past couple of years is actually some more always on, some more frequent trend reporting. So we actually have a weekly trend report that goes out. And that's really an opportunity to deliver a bit more of, so yes, a bit more of a pulse of just like, you know, consumer insights week over week, but also an opportunity to contextualize what's really happening with those annual trends. And what's fun is that those weekly reports are actually done by market, right? So it's it's an opportunity for in France to, to interpret, you know, okay, what's happening with the Oh My Goth theme? And hey, we're around Valentine's Day. So like, I'm curious, you know, what's happening in that space. And then of course, we have a, a number of different resources like trends.pinterest.com to kind of round out the experience a bit more of a an opportunity to navigate that dashboard in terms of, you know, your preferred audience and, and market. Yeah, you might need to remind me of the the other components of that question. That was a bit of a long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah, and I figured I would have to. So we mentioned before that I'm not a good moderator. So the uh, triple barrel questions are really bad. So that is fascinating. What are some of the things that you identified early that we've seen manifest over the last year or two? Yeah, some some really great examples. So it's funny, you heard me mention Oh My Goth, which is a really fun theme all around goth going mainstream. So gosh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was back in July or August, we did sort of like a very first pass, a, a very first dip into our data. And goth baby clothes were something that were like spiking to the, you know, crazy degree. No um, pun intended. Spike and goth. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, oh, but on thumb. Yep. <laughs> and to me, that was just such a great example of something that truly historically has been like quite a niche sort of subculture, or some might say a bit of a phase. And this is something that, you know, literally people are, are designing and with intent seeking out an option to, to purchase baby clothes. And what's really cool is that you know, as we spent more time in our data, we started to find other ways that that was coming to life across other categories. So things like, you know, goth kitchen decor, right? Like total extreme other categories. Goth business casual is another one of my favorites. And I mean, anyone who sort of is, is vaguely close to the, the celebrity rags these days can see that like, there's such a kind of goth movement going on um, in terms of like wedding attire and prom outfits and, and that sort of thing, especially kind of among the Kardashian clan these days. So it's just been really cool seeing seeing that one come to life. And then I think also with this great movement of returning to offices, the sort of goth business casual movement, right? So it's like, we've all been working from home for so long in our soft clothes. And now there's this interesting movement happening about like people are returning to in-person meetings they're kind of looking for like a new way to identify themselves and they seem to be gravitating towards goth. So to me, that was just a, a really fun example to see come to life. So as a self-identified teenage goth back in the day, <laughs> in the late eighties, you know, one of the OG, there are pictures of me with, you know, wearing all black and makeup and, you know, frilly 
things. And yeah, anyway, that is fascinating. <laughs> I, I missed my time by, you know, like 40 years. Anyway. I didn't, I didn't realize I'd, I'd struck such a chord with that example. But great, great to hear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if yeah, if you saw my record collection, you know, it's all the cure about house and decadence and, you know, all, all of those things. So anyway, <laughs> sorry, yeah, I, I distracted myself with uh, trying to chime in on that, that old trend. It brings back memories. Many of them probably are best left alone. So how much are your brand clients utilizing that to get ahead of the curve. I mean, you know, folks, there's whole futurist organizations that is their business is to help predict these trends and they make, you know, buttloads of money in doing that. Is that a defined business offering for you that you will consult with your partners and your clients and say, here's what we're seeing? Absolutely. So yeah, I think there's so many different ways in. There's so many different ways for advertisers to, to take advantage of like the currency in our trends. And I would say all the way along the spectrum from even using these, these trending search terms to inspire creative, right? So, I mean, the goth one is such a great example, but like if it's a, a color palette or an aesthetic, just kind of like inspiring, you know, actually like we've already got our campaign fully baked, but is there an opportunity to like at the last minute tweak the color palette or, or tweak the kind of visual language, let's say. And then of course, sort of, you know, using those specific keywords from a, from a targeting standpoint, all the way up to like, you know, pivots in product design roadmaps, you know, like if it were to go to that level, we've certainly had questions from brands about like, do you have confidence in, in this sort of continuing to resonate? Like, should we, should we actually develop an entire line of goth baby clothes? And, you know, what's really cool as well is these activations don't exclusively have to be online, right? We've actually seen an uptick. And, and I think some of this comes back to like the world opening up slightly, but we've seen such an uptick lately on brands exploring offline activations that, that incorporate our trends. And what's really cool is that, you know, generally these will involve this sort of bridge back to the digital experience as well, just to kind of like tie it all together. But some, some examples of that are like a, a large retailer in the U.S. is is planning on developing like a curated section of their store all around Pinterest predicts trends. You may have read about the Argos Mood Hotel as well that was actually a week ago uh, live in London. So I've never wanted to go to London more in my life than, than last week. So I had such FOMO there. But it was a really fun opportunity where Argos, the UK retailer, basically brought to life a number of our a number of our trends through you know IRL rooms that actually provided an opportunity for people to stay at like as a as a hotel and really experience and, and get that kind of like tactile interaction and what was so fun is that like it's all shoppable like the entire experience is shoppable and so for a retailer like Argos that you know traditionally with that sort of like catalog first approach it's somewhat limited in terms of like how much interactivity their audience can truly have. This was such a great opportunity to, to partner with Pinterest, get the signal of like what people are actually looking for, and then interpret it and literally deliver it to their audience and say like, hey, we hear you. Here's our collection of furniture that, that maps back to what's trending in terms of like, you know, consumer intent. And here's actually a really fun way to interact with it, to, to, to feel, you know, what that lampshade, like, you know, how 
I, that's a really bad example, but like to feel maybe the sofa or the cushion, you know, is this something that I actually want to buy in, in a way that otherwise would have been fairly limited for them. So I just, I love to share that example because it's, it's such a creative take on our trends. And we've seen a number of other brands come to us and say like, we're, we're hungry for, for more of these types of activations, which is really great to see. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, really cool. I'm sort of thinking that, you know, it's, it's an organic ideation lab, right? Exactly. Now, just a quick side note for the consumer insight folks who are listening. As an advisor to many research companies, I know how hard it can be to get in-depth feedback from Gen Z and millennials at scale. If you're looking for a quality solution to this problem, then you need to check out Perksy. Perksy provides a next-gen insights platform that powers contextual, in-the-moment research through an interactive mobile survey app, which features some awesome benefits like 80% 80% response rates, and a 90% recontact rate. Quant and qual feedback, Zoom focus groups and IDIs, higher quality responses because of their differentiated user experience, a client service team of experienced researchers, and average field time of just 24 to 48 hours. This is all driven by Perksy's own first-party panel, providing a fresh, super high-quality audience. Schedule a demo at www.getperksy.com. That's get p e r k s y dot com. Is there a way for brands to engage with those populations, those audiences, in a more formalized way to recruit somebody through through their pages and interests? Will you do a formal ideation structure or an online focus group? Uh, do you guys help facilitate more traditional and structured research as part of this process? Yeah. So it's interesting historically that access has been somewhat gated through our sort of managed advertisers, right? So we have something called the the Pinterest trend badge program. So that was actually how Argos kind of came into the mix here. They sponsored all of those trends that you've seen come to life in the, the Argos mood hotel. And so, you know, the upfront commitment generally covers a significant piece of like media investment, but the rest of the commitment basically unlocks both creative partnerships. So an opportunity to work with a creator or someone in-house at Pinterest to, to really nail like that, that execution and, and act in sort of a consultative way. The other piece of it is to unlock the trend badge itself. So basically, you know, picture our feed and it's a literal sort of like stamp, stamp of approval or like certification, but this is a, a Pinterest predicts 2022 trend. And we've seen that actually including those badges drives results ultimately for our advertisers. So there's a real value add in in unlocking that. I think a challenge that that our team and that I'm certainly trying to to grapple with is like, there is clearly such currency in in not only the insights themselves, but I would say especially in the interpretation of them for our advertisers. And historically, we've done that in this really high touch way and, you know, leaned heavily on our creative strategy team and our, our sales partners. But we realized that there's such an opportunity frankly, such a missed opportunity to get that information out to our unmanaged advertisers, right? Like, how can we package this in a scaled way where truly it's, you know, Pinterest is still able to do some of that heavy lifting. We we see, you know, all those small businesses out there who are scrambling to try to, you know, frankly, learn a new platform. Like they're, you know, dipping their toe into Pinterest perhaps. And we want to make it as easy as possible for them. So, I mean, I'm going on, on a bit of a tangent here, but something that I'm really proud of that we included in the Pinterest Predicts report this year is 
So every theme basically includes kind of an activation section within the report. So we've got three business tips, essentially. My push to the team has been, let's not use that real estate to surface like some more obvious examples, right? So like we we don't need to use that space to tell a beauty brand like how to activate or that they should be in this space if we're talking about a skincare, you know, trend. But instead, let's actually kind of use like our real value add and provide some examples of really unexpected ways in, right? So is it like you know, an audio brand getting involved in the the cup of time theme, which is all about like afternoon tea and this kind of like Alice in Wonderland, like dreamscape aesthetic, because to me, that's, that's really unexpected. And that's where these smaller brands could use the help. And it's another one of those examples where truly everyone wins. Like if, if we sort of get out of the very category focused approach to activating on trends, we open up sort of the aperture to so many more opportunities for, for brands to see results and frankly, for pinners to get inspired, right? Because these are like fun, creative takes on things that, that they wouldn't have even expected. So, you know, there are two other important components to that activation section for every trend on our site. So the first is actually this year we've included a mock pin. So like a visual representation of what like really great campaign creative could look like. And again, my push there was like, let's use that space to talk about more unexpected examples. And then the other piece, and I I know I mentioned this a bit earlier, is the creator layer in all of this. So back to the Oh My Goth theme, we have this like really beautiful idea pin embedded with a creator showing like how to do this, you know, extremely complex, visually arresting visual of, of goth makeup. And it's embedded on our site. And so that is not only a cue for, for pinners of like how to take action on this trend, but it's a cue for advertisers to be like, you know, once again, here's how you can package it in a way. And of course, what's great is there's an opportunity for advertisers to, in a more formal way, partner with those creators this year if, you know, if they could use the help. So um, we're really excited about just this kind of like ecosphere that we built that really facilitates action, you know, actioning on these insights through a number of different ways. Yeah, so it sounds like you've effectively built an internal marketing and creative agency within the organization to uh, within your own ecosystem. Is that overstating it? I mean, to an extent, I think we're, we're very much, we, I mean, we partner very closely with our creative strategy team internally, as I mentioned, again, to try to scale some of those best practices and brilliant insights, frankly, to, you know, there's no reason for us to kind of gate access to that, right? Like it, everyone wins with, with more access to those things. So as I mentioned, like that's been my real push as much as we can to, to get the word out. And I think that it's a real differentiator for Pinterest in terms of like, you know, the the support that we're providing that perhaps wouldn't be there for, from other brands. I think it's part of a, of an interesting trend that we've predicted for a long time and now are beginning to see bits and pieces of it. And that was that what if Facebook or Google bought Kantar, right? <laughs> you know, and we had a fully baked in, you know, end to end research and marketing offering type of, of idea. And you know, we've seen bits and pieces of that over the years where companies that we would think of, you know, not within the, the insight space, but yet they're sitting on, they have an audience and they have access to a buttload of data. So uh, are building in 
those capabilities. Probably the most obvious example would be with Google when they launched Google surveys, right? And, and leveraging that. And then they embedded that into the uh, Google Analytics as part of that, that suite of capabilities for advertisers within. And we've seen bits and pieces where they've, you know, have launched some type of, of consulting component as well, more from a marketing from an agency perspective. But I'm hearing that there's a lot more of that happening, right? And I think that a piece of that is for a, a organization like Pinterest that has a large audience, very specific with a, a very defined value proposition, that there's companies that are looking at saying within the era of walled gardens now that it makes sense to help their clients more by having more end-to-end -end solutions or at the very least enabling those solutions so they can leverage those audiences more. I've heard that Walmart's on the hunt for a, basically for a survey platform uh, as part of their digital solution. Yeah. So there's, it, there, there seems to be a, those things that I thought were probably going to happen, it sounds like they're moving towards that. Maybe you guys haven't gotten there all the way yet with, we're not going to buy Cantar, but, <laughs> but that understand the value of, we have an audience, they have information. This is impactful for brands. And as a company, you can help facilitate that in a variety of ways, including in-house capabilities. Is that, that was my long-winded explanation of where I was going with the question. Does that resonate with you? hundred percent. I think, I think that's definitely directionally where we're headed. I will, I will caveat that I do think though, that there is a time and place for, you know, partnering with a, a third party from a research standpoint. So a great example of that is as we were kind of trying to craft a bit more of our trends differentiator, it was actually this time last year, we were curious, like we're, we're so proud of our first party Pinterest data, but we actually didn't have a, a robust signal in terms of how that data compared. Like we were curious about the anatomy of a Pinterest trend and why it's truly different than, than similar trends on other platforms, right? And so we were limited in, in fielding that all internally. And so we actually partnered with Black Swan Data out of the UK, uh, again, this time last year to overlay what we were seeing on Pinterest. And it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just searches. It was like saves and, and, and board name data as well. And basically overlay that with, you know, what's happening in Reddit, like reviews on Amazon, all these like fascinating signals. And that really helped, you know, bolster, I think, the reason to believe in, in Pinterest trends for us. Like it was a fascinating experience. And it led us to basically claim like not only are, are trends on Pinterest predictive, you know, which is, of course, what so much of this report does. But we can now prove that like trends on Pinterest start first, last longer and actually inspire across categories, which I know that that latter piece we've talked about a little bit, which I think is one, frankly, that I'm like the most excited about in, in all of those, because, you know, because there is such a long planning window on Pinterest, there's almost like the breathing room for a trend to kind of move around a little bit and, and reinterpret. And as such, it's there's so much more of, an, of a window and an opportunity for advertisers to to plug in and, and activate on that journey. Anyway, I totally went, you know, went down a, a bit of a, a tangent there too, but just wanted to share that like, even though to your point, yes, I think we're absolutely sort of investing in ways to take on uh, a lot of this process internally. We do recognize that there's a time and place to, to partner with, with a third party, you know, where where that perspective is valuable. Sure. Well, and Black Swan makes a lot of sense. So I'm I'm big fans of what Stephen Hugo built 
they're uh, they're great guys. And I was going to ask about that that synthesis of taking external data, because one of the concerns from a research standpoint that I would have is if we're looking at trends, what is the extent of those trends from a population level standpoint? Obviously, you you have a convenient sample of people with very specific passions, and they, those are real. But what's what is the incidence of those passions across the overall population? So have you done any work like that with with let's just call it polling, right? To try and say, okay, how many people really like the goth baby thing? Right? Is we we've got 100 percent of this population who think that it's just awesome, but you know, is that three percent of the real population? Do you have you helped facilitate any of those broader data synthesis initiatives? Not to the degree with which you're you're alluding. We, I mean, we of course always have this process where, I mean, as someone so close to trends, like I'm generally showing up with a hunch in mind. You know, if we're talking about our weeklies, if we're talking about our annual report, that that we constantly have to kind of pressure test with, like, you know, I sort of show up and I actually a great I have a great example for this one where I'm I'm an avid magazine reader still, so OG print and. I read a great article about in an interiors magazine that had this beautiful spread of like the most luxurious laundry room setup that you have ever seen. It was all like gold. And anyway, I was like, is this actually like a laundry room? And so it inspired me to then cross-reference our Pinterest data because I was like, to me, this seems like a very sort of Pinterest place to be having, like Pinterest seems to really be the place to be having this conversation. And lo and behold, like, you know, luxury laundry rooms are are seeing a huge uptick. And initially we were considering, like, should we build an entire theme around just luxury laundry rooms? And we saw that there's actually so much more happening in that space. So we were able to kind of like round out the story a little bit more on that one uh, with, you know, some other examples. So yes, luxury laundry room ideas was growing, you know, 11x year over year. But we also saw that like, luxury garage interiors and luxury kids' bedrooms, these sort of like often forgotten spaces in a in a big renovation were seeing this huge uptick. And so for me, that kind of like pressure testing of like, hey, I have a hypothesis or I have a hunch, like let's double check it on Pinterest is something that we're frequently doing. Admittedly, it happens, right? That like I see something out in the world and there's just like zero signal on Pinterest. So, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's like a market specific thing. We see it come to life in in different ways on Pinterest, but that is always like the, that's probably frankly the favorite part, my favorite part of of the job of just kind of like testing things out and seeing kind of like how they truly will manifest on Pinterest. So yeah, to to, to go back to your original question, like we have not in a very formalized way kind of done that pressure test experience, but definitely the the more informal approach that I just walked you through is is very much sort of a a day to day component in what we do. That's really cool. And again, you you kind of pushed a button. My wife and I fantasize about a luxury laundry room. I mean, that's <laughs> so maybe I should form an account now. And, uh, <laughs> and I like the idea of the luxury garage. <laughs> anyway, and, and you know, that's just so cool, though, to have that a solution for folks to explore that creative ideation side of things at a personal level. You know, I, I think it would be great to have my office space, as you can see, the audience can't see, but, you know, built-in bookcases. I loved 
never had them until we bought this house. Right? I wanted built-in bookcases and I wanted a fireplace. And look, we have that. And you know, and now what do I do next with it? Which may or may not be relevant to a lot of the world, but just to have that place for creative visualization at the individual level, and then to connect with others who may be exploring different themes, just at a, at a human perspective. I just think that's just very cool. So congratulations for building that. I, I had just one one quick build there. So you know, as we as we invest very much in our in our near and I would say longer term future is all about um, investing in this like inspiration to realization kind of arc on Pinterest, right? Like we really want to own that full experience. And so, you know, what you had mentioned actually just sort of jogged uh, something that I wanted to mention of, of, okay, so you've redone your fireplace, like what's next kind of along that journey. And we actually had an opportunity to sit down with our CEO earlier this week. And he kind of talked about his, his vision for Pinterest too. And the real goal is like to be able to, to offer some of those prompts along the journey. So, I mean, wedding planning is like such an obvious like space for us to win here where it's like, okay, so like, congrats, you just got engaged. What type of, you know, what type of wedding are we thinking? Like, what's your style? And to be able to offer sort of this guided experience throughout that journey, really embracing the kind of like the inspiration piece in all of this. And of course the discovery and, and certainly like there's, there's such a place for creators and advertisers along that journey because again, we've come back to this place of, you know, contextual advertising and like providing ads as content ultimately along that journey. Sure. Well, I think that example with the, so I, I have two older daughters and they both got married in 2020 and, and oh my God, just trying to find the venue. <laughs> so I can definitely see that opportunity of having that linkage to say, okay, we see that you're in Atlanta and, and here's, you know, here's a link to venues. So that the, in the advertising, they paid for that, that opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's really neat. We could probably go on for quite some time now brainstorming about where things can go, but I want to be conscious of, of your time um, as well as the listeners. So what's next for you and your team? You're going to be talking at IAX. Those that are listening to this, they'll probably be after the fact, but are you going to give us a sneak peek of some cool stuff that you've got planned? Yeah. So, I mean, at a high level, definitely we're, we're actually very much kind of like still in the planning phase on quite a bit. So I, I mentioned a bit about just making it my personal mission to better scale some of the kind of like higher touch offerings that we've provided to basically our, our unmanaged advertisers, right. Or, or self-serve. So actually later this year, we're planning to scale what we call our, our Pinterest predict weekly work stream out onto our business site. So look out for that business.pinterest.com. And yeah, because currently our, our weekly trends are, are shared through our, through our sales team specifically to manage advertisers. So we're planning to basically build a hub on our business site to support more, more weekly reporting, which is great. And then also what's super exciting, we're going to be launching a revamped version of our trends tool. So trends.pinterest.com, which will roll out to a whole bunch of new markets later this year. And we'll provide an even more specific signal of what's trending where and, you know, the audiences driving each of those trends. And what's great is actually that surface is really skewed for actionability. So there's an opportunity to like scope out, you know, from a targeting standpoint, like audience opportunities, that sort of thing. Um, you're really kind of like embedded in the campaign experience, just making it pretty seamless for, for advertisers to get started. You know, you guys should be on Green Book. 
I mean, really, so this sounds like a sales pitch. That's not how I mean it. But I, I actually, just this week, we had a company reach out that was looking for a specific data around future trends. And, you know, there's the, the, the usual suspects for that, that type of stuff. But think about that connective tissue. Really, you should think about that. Uh, happy to have another conversation because I think it would be really cool if you look, here's this whole other asset, which I'm betting that most folks are not aware of especially kind of in the in the inside space because we think about this such a structured way right very formalized so so keep that in mind we, we can chat about in austin yeah. and just one last thing i was going to mention there is like you know the the trends that we're surfacing like yes of course they're trending on pinterest because you know we need to make sure that we're we're kind of in lockstep there but there is such an opportunity to activate these on platforms beyond pinterest too so you know to your point like looking at this resource beyond just like, hey, I want to build a media campaign on Pinterest, I think is is the right way to be looking at this, of just opportunities as we discussed offline, but also like this help inform, you know, a, a strategy on TikTok, for example. So yeah, let's let's keep the conversation going. Okay, there we go. Talia, this has been, uh, this has been a, a lot of fun. It's been great. Is there anything that we did not touch on that you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, you know, I think we, we covered so, so much. I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. Well, that's awesome. Then that's the highest compliment as a host that I can get that you feel, you feel good when you leave. It's a lot better than, you know, man, you're a jerk and I don't want to ever talk to you again. (laughs) So I appreciate that. Well, on that note, audience, thank you for spending time with us. Talia, thank you for spending time with us and we will be chatting again soon. Thanks a lot. Everybody be well. Thanks for having me. Join Greenbook for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX Insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia-Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transporting insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org events today to learn more and register. See you there.